If all you care about is winning, then you really didn't learn anything I taught you. You know, everybody thinks their way is the only way. You, my dad, Cobra Kai. The truth is, it doesn't matter which way you fight as long as it works. And I'll use whatever it takes to win. Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I represent Miyagi-Do. Is it because I took my time, digested, meditated, before even giving you this so-called quick take? Because that's the Miyagi-Do thing to do? No, that's not why I represent Miyagi-Do. I represent Miyagi-Do because I got COVID-19, and that feels like a very Miyagi-Do thing to do. You know I'm vaxxed. You know Daniel Sands vaxxed. You know Johnny isn't. But, uh, yeah, I still feel like catching it is a very Miyagi-Do kind of thing. And uh, that's what I did. So, essentially, my New Year's uh, was spent in a lock- locked into a very small room, uh, didn't have a chair or nothing, um, in rural Ireland. Um, and anytime you went outside, you had to spray everything down, clean it all up, and uh, just sequester yourself. Um so it was it was an interesting mindset that I watched Cobra Kai season four with. Um, this is my quick take, as I said, so-called quick take because it's been like a week, and I did debate: do I even put one out at this point? Like now that I have my voice back and I'm back in Dublin as well, out of isolation, back with a microphone. But basically, because we're gonna launch straight into deep diving on episode by episode, I wanted to uh, take this opportunity to just chat about some of my general thoughts about Cobra Kai season four, since we won't really be able to do that until we've concluded our discussion of the season. So these are some sporadic thoughts. Um, one Another reason that I thought I might not do one of these quick takes is Jim's already done one. It's on the feed. You may have heard it. And he basically nailed it, I thought. Uh, don't tell him I said this, but like he basically expressed my thoughts in his quick takes. Uh, there's a couple of points where we probably had different perspectives, and I'll get into that. But overall, I think he hit the nail on the head uh, when he talked about some things. Like again, this might—I, I, it'll probably sound nitpicky, <laughs> but I do want to preface this by saying overall great season. I was so excited to see Cobra Kai coming back. I always get into it by like the end of episode two. I'm hella pumped uh, from whatever they're doing. Like it takes kind of an episode to get back into the swing of things just with this way of binging through the shows. Um, But overall, very positive from my perspective. I think they've done a great job of keeping the show really alive and vibrant and going in new interesting directions and that's my preface for any uh, complaining or things that might sound like complaining uh, that are coming up that I I think it is a a solid season. Um, I I think Jim was talking about how it feels like they kind of break up Johnny and Daniel a little too soon and then they have them come together. I I completely agree. Uh, It feels kind of like the the amount of interactions between them and the depth of those interactions it might not quite fulfill the promise of the last season i know they get sort of get their shit together towards the end kind of and they kind of do the thing that we've been talking about trying to blend their techniques and styles and whatnot and i mean i'm hyped when they're actually learning each other's style thought that was great but just the the episode 5 breakup between them Daniel deciding what felt like kind of out of the blue to just go, oh no, it's Miyagi-Do all the way, 
because Terry Silver is here now and he's affecting my judgment, I guess, so that I'm now throwing every throwing the baby out with the bathwater and now we can't have any of this other shit. So Daniel was absolutely being the unreasonable one there. And just from my quick reaction, it, it does it did feel a bit kind of unjustified. Maybe he's thrown for a loop because he's seen Terry Silver. Obviously, that could be a weird experience for him. But it's also just like... Yeah, it felt felt a bit like, okay, well, now it's time to break them apart again so they can come back at, towards the end of the season. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing to happen, but it felt like there could have been more uh, more of them working together and blending their uh, styles of teaching and techniques rather than just going off and doing separate things. Um, I did really enjoy uh, Johnny's influence on Sam LaRusso. Uh, I think Jim said as well, and I would agree that there could could have been a bit more there, maybe, to build to where we're at uh, in the end of the season. And that's kind of the general theme of any, um, I don't know, criticism or whatever that I might have that it's not that what happens in the show is bad or doesn't make sense. I think I'm just kind of greedy and I want more. Like, there's a lot of story beats that make sense and they do add up, but there's some areas where maybe they could have done a bit more development to make the moments that we get to feel like they ring even more true or make them cut as deep as you would want them to. Um, but stuff like Hawk's development, for example, um, this could be me missing stuff too. Usually when we go into more detail, we find more to appreciate. And overall, I think they've done a good job of just constructing the the season, making making it all um, add up. But with stuff like Hawk's development, we kind of saw him deal with where he's been at in the last season and sort of where he's ended up. And like, obviously, him. Spoiler alert: We're talking spoilers here. Him winning the uh, the big fight at the end, like that's a big deal. It just kind of, and, and they did build to it. Like uh, it's not like they. They didn't. It's not like they were like, oh yeah, let's just have a hawk win with no no reason or anything. Um, but with such a wide cast of characters and so much that you're trying to fit into what is essentially quite a short show. Um, I mean, it's ten episodes, and they're you know they're they're not one hour episodes either. I'd rather honestly have a shorter one than one that feels too drawn out. So so they're erring on the right side as far as I'm concerned. But at the same time, we got so many characters and plots, and we're we're when we're focusing on one thing, it means taking away from something else. And that was uh, what Jim was saying about say some of the new characters. So Kenny, notably, who comes in uh, a new generation, and of course Jim was not a fan of this this would be maybe where we're uh seeing things a little bit into a bit differently because i was into it um i kind of love loved what they've been doing with anthony larusso making him an absolute dickhead um which by the way jim uh forgot his name it's anthony and i always think of the sopranos like anthony because it's a it's a very similar thing to aj and the sopranos but but yeah, I was I was on board with the new generation stuff, uh, even though I could see how it might feel like, you know, here's the next generation. We're going to do 20 seasons of this, LOL. Um, but I was on board with that, and I was honestly more on board with Robbie than I've probably ever been, um, especially as he kind of rejects being a pawn of Crease, even though he does kind of go along with what Crease wants. But 
he has a really interesting perspective of just taking what he what is helpful to him from whatever is happening and just trying to figure out who he is as a man uh, as a person and like all these different influences and like taking what benefits him and he thinks he's doing it right he thinks he's you know able to take kenny under his wing and help him and then as we kind of see all of that breaking up it's it's great like all of that storyline feel felt like it worked uh really well um i mentioned already about like johnny and daniel learning each other's styles and like <laughs> when johnny was training daniel uh during that montage i just sometimes i just get flashes of the karate kid like the original film like i don't mean the flashes they put in the show i mean like in my head the guys filmmakers you don't need to put the actual flashbacks there they can happen in my head and they're actually more efficient they they do more that way but anyway i get these little flashes um in my head and i'm like how far we've come this is so great i'm so happy that i get to watch this um so there were a lot of those really positive moments um as it felt like Johnny's path to learning Miyagi-Do uh, would be really long. Uh, and on the flip side, Daniel's always been one step away from chaos. Like, Miyagi, like Mr. Miyagi, was the one person keeping him from being an absolute hothead. Which is why the Karate Kid, well, one of the reasons the Karate Kid is so interesting, that it's, you know, it's not a chill dude that's learning these arts of meditation and all, like, uh, clarity through katas and whatnot. It's not like he's already super chill. He's like a hothead, and he's kind of, you know, he flies off the handle really easily. Um... So that's interesting. But at now at this point, of course, we're like, oh, yeah, he's Miyagi-Do. He's Daniel's son. You know, he's really chill um, because of the learning he's done to get to this point. But it's funny to see him uh, training with actual, like, uh, Cobra Kai techniques again and to have, <laughs> have it be like, yeah, no, he's uh, he's like he's on such thin ice all of the time. He could snap at any moment. Um, so that's great. And in contrast to the original Karate Kid, uh, Miguel has always been, well, he started out being very chill. So he was kind of a polar opposite to Johnny, right? So in the same way that Miyagi was uh, very chill and then Daniel-san was a hothead, uh, we started Cobra Kai with Johnny being the actual hothead and Miguel being the person who is, you know, going to be a calming influence uh, or vice versa. So... This is all like just very basics of storytelling that you want someone who's as different as possible from where they're going to end up at the end of whatever story you're telling, whether it's the season or whatever. So so Miguel, it makes sense for him in season one to be a very sort of meek person who then gets hardened up, toughened up by Cobra Kai and its teachings. And it is valuable to him. And then obviously, you know, potentially corrupting and so on uh, as time goes on, as Kreese comes into the picture. But Anyway, for for that same reason, it's interesting to see Miguel come into contact with Miyagi-Do because it's already so in tune with who he is as a person anyway, having seen through the more negative parts of Cobra Kai, which, of course, uh, Johnny's done as well because he's left Cobra Kai, he's Eagle Fang. Um, But it's interesting because Daniel and... 
uh, Miguel are for that reason so much more on the same page or like from the get-go than even Johnny and Miguel would be. Um, so all of that is an interesting cocktail to mix up and, and get to the point where Johnny's starting to feel insecure about Miguel spending time with Daniel. And, and we do see that happening. There could maybe have been a bit more there. I think Jim had some good points about Miguel being the heart of the show, uh, which means that we're always kind of... It, it, the show feels a bit more meandery when we don't have a lot of like uh miguel johnny interaction um and sort of have them cementing that but with that said like there's a lot of good moments in this um my heart was broken by uh by the i love you to robbie however predictable that might be it's not bad because it's it, it i mean it's not bad because it's good but it's also that's one of those moments where they do build to it, you know, where you've had them, their connection has been sort of shifting and changing a bit between Johnny and Miguel. Johnny's feeling insecure about it because of Daniel. And uh, Miguel's probably, yeah, he's feeling like things are a bit different because he Johnny's seeing his mother. And then also you have Robbie whispering poison in his ear right before then what perfect timing and then you have him hear hear him say that he wants to be a father to him and everything and then he says the wrong name such a predictable thing such an effective thing such a an excellent and heartbreaking line um and yeah i it made me really sad because <laughs> like the inverse of the scene with uh miyagi and daniel in the original the karate kid right I'm not going to ramble for too much longer um, because we, we have loads of chances to get into this in more detail. Um, but one thing that I'm sure we'll get into more is Crease and how he's acting this season because it's very interesting. It's interesting to see the fluctuation within Cobra Kai as Terry Silver comes into it of who is kind of a normal person, a moderating influence because Terry Silver kind of comes in and he's a normal person which we should talk about, by the way, but he comes in and he's kind of like, hey, maybe we shouldn't harass these children and just do this thing. And Kreese is like, don't challenge me. I am the master of this dojo. And Terry's like, oh, okay, I let's let's go crazy then. Let's be, let me be crazy like you. And then Kreese is like, actually, you're being crazy towards Johnny now. And I, he's by weak points. I guess, which, yeah, I buy it. Um, so then they get into conflict and all of that kind of made sense to me. But it's also, honestly, Cobra Kai at this point, I have to remind myself of the psychotic things that have happened in previous seasons because throughout a lot of this season, uh, Cobra Kai seems pretty reasonable. <laughs> like, especially with Terry Silver going like, hey, uh, keep the fighting in the rink and all of this. I'm like, hey, this is just like a normal dojo. And this is kind of how they must appear to people in the valley. And you forget about all the, all the uh, you know, big school fights and home invasions and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, on the subject of Terry Silver, I have to say, I'm as it's finally happening, I'm a lot more on board with it than I ever thought I would be. <laughs> not, not that I... Like, I always had faith that they would probably be able to do it well. But like, the Karate Kid Part 3 is... Uh, it's, 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 I, don't, I don't think it's that 
good and Terry Silver is a huge part of that. He's a mustache twirling villain, um, which is okay, but he's so over the top, he makes no sense, he's psychotic. And this is a rare instance of a sequel actually making that make more sense at least it did to me what he just talks about like he's basically like hey i was so coked up through the 80s i had no idea what i was doing i spent months psychologically torturing a teenager like what the fuck crease i should not be getting back into this um it kind of like retroactively makes it make more sense. I, I think I don't remember if we, you know, see him doing cocaine in the Cobra Kai in the Cobra Kai. Sorry, I blame COVID. Uh, the, <laughs> the COVID kid. That's me. Uh, <laughs> what was I talking about? I don't know that we see him do cocaine in uh, his initial appearance. I think maybe we do. It's been a while. Um, but I don't know his his position where he was at now retroactively made uh him in the film make more sense to me which is cool um i was um, so i was on board with terry silver i was on board with him being the normal person i was on board with him hanging up the phone call straight away uh going back to playing piano um there was like there weren't that many flashbacks as in flashbacks to his and crease being younger as there were uh, as there have been previously but in one of the flashbacks where they're getting tattoos together and uh, Silver is like, my dad wants me to run his company or he'll cut me out of his inheritance, even though my passion is karate. That bit was shit. Uh, maybe just the acting. But I was like, what is what what is going on here? That was just my my personal personal take, take on that one. Anyway, gonna wrap it up. But I do want to say. There's this thing that happens with many drama-based shows, to me at least, after a few seasons, say around season four, where so many of the characters have dated, hated each other, uh, worked together, uh, worked against each other, they've lived together. I keep having moments like that. If I'm watching a, so, so anything with like a drama basis a few seasons in, I'm like, oh yeah, they used to live together. And that is kind of happening here with Cobra Kai, with the added dimension of, oh, they used to be in that dojo. Uh, Like, everyone switched and swapped dojos back and forth at this point, and it makes the central tenant of each dojo and each character a bit more flimsy uh of like wait who's allied with what and uh, and i'm like oh yeah this person used to be pals with crease and at all of this but and that kind of makes it a bit harder to grasp what maybe the story's trying to tell me but yeah that's just an interesting an interesting thing at least i think it's interesting but for now please do send your thoughts on cobra kai season four to shows what you know show at gmail.com and we can include them in our discussion as we get into this season in more detail coming up next we'll be discussing the first episode of season four um so yeah please send us your thoughts and leave any reviews uh on apple podcasts they are much appreciated positive or negative because uh, I don't think Apple cares. So please, please tell us uh, what you think. Um, and that's it. I think there's just one more thing to say. Strike first. Strike hard. <coughs> no mercy. <laughs>